0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily. First story up today, this is a hot one. Disgraced NIH director Francis Collins set to step down today after overseeing the funding of -of gain-of-function experiments in the Wuhan lab. Next, huge bombshell out of Project Veritas, Pfizer scientists admit the truth we all know about COVID antibodies and natural immunity. Third, a new story out of Wuhan, ordering COVID-type tests in the summer of 2019. And finally, I'm gonna talk a little bit to deconstruct this new Facebook whistleblower, let's just say I'm not exactly buying it. All this and we're ahead, Human Events Daily. This is a big one, folks. Today, NIH Director Francis Collins, the disgraced scientist and government bureaucrat who oversaw the gain-of-function experiments that were funded at the Wuhan lab a story that we hear at AG daily that so many people have brought out from conservative media particularly we were called crazy we were called tinfoil we were called everything under the Sun well Francis Collins the time has come to pay the piper this guy who by the way to my friends in the pro-life community of which of course I'm a member as a Catholic and a Christian this is the same guy that was pushing the fetal experiments that were used in the development of many of these medicines, as well as the baby harvesting that was done out of the University of Pittsburgh, the funding that went into it, the uh, organ harvesting that was done there. Francis Collins, you're out. You, sir, are done. Is Fauci next? And I want to just give you a little sense, because this guy, Collins, does a lot of media. He wants a lot of people to like him. Well, he, He's he just such a nice guy. Go and watch what happened, the absolute dissembling act that he went into just recently, a few months ago, when he was asked about his department's funding of the Wuhan lab and the experiments that took place there. Take a listen. There
1: are a couple of uh, of different programs that were funded by the NIH. Um, that raised these questions. And if you have, you know, tell me what your reaction is to this. Back in 2015, there was a $10 million grant for work that was done by Dr. Barrick of UNC and Dr. Dengli of the Wuhan lab. Um, they were building synthetic strains of SARS that, quote, resisted all vaccines and immunotherapy. Then, you have Dr. Daszak of the EcoHealth Alliance. He was doing bat viruses combined with genes that had spike proteins that had, quote, affinities for human cells. They were untreatable, this virus, and resistant to vaccines. So why was that work being done? And why was it being done in conjunction with NIH-funded scientists?
2: We're the National Institutes of Health. We're the largest supporter of medical research in the world. We knew that bat-driven coronaviruses had caused already two major scares as far as the pandemic, SARS and MERS. It would have been irresponsible for us not to try to understand what else might be lurking out there. But I categorically deny that NIH, in its grant funding, and a subcontract uh, to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, was permitted to do anything that would have created a virus that would have been increased in its transmissibility or its virulence for humans. I categorically deny that. And I'm a bit unhappy that people keep repeating those claims when they're simply not true. So, you know, well, I'm a little disturbed, Martha. We're yeah. spending all this time on this issue. Yeah. And here we are today. We should be talking about how to put COVID-19 behind us, not going back to January 2020. Yeah, it we'll get the answers. Right now, has, we don't have doctor, any new data.
1: But doctor, it absolutely we told, matters. We have been told up and down that anybody who thinks that this was not a zoonotic virus is is part of some conspiracy theory, doesn't know what they're talking about, right? Now, I'm not a scientist, so I, I give you that. That's why I wanted to raise these questions with you. Because when I read these things, that they're working on things that resist all vaccines and immunotherapy, right? It makes me wonder, why we would be allowing this kind of research...
0: So you see, we cut through so much of the PR around this guy. He wants you to like him. He d- he's done so much outreach to the Christian community. I'm a scientist who believes in God, he said. I did the Human Genome Project, but I also believe in God. I'm a Christian just like all of you. My question is, the next time that he goes on one of these Christian media networks, will they ask him, sir... Why didn't you come clean about what the NIH was doing in Wuhan, the partnerships that were going on there? Why didn't you demand the data from Wuhan immediately when COVID-19 broke? What did you know? What's in those redacted emails? Why were you funding the harvesting of baby organs, sir? Why was any of this done? Quite frankly, I think that he thinks he can just ride off into the sunset. Not going to work that way because if and when Congress undergoes a change in these committees, I see subpoenas and investigations for Francis Collins, everything of the NIH's programs funding these gain of function experiments, funding the, again, the harvesting of baby organs, the use of fetal tissue in the development of, of medicines and vaccinations. Mr. Collins, Dr. Collins, you're not done. Yet, and we are not done with you. We're not letting you get away with this one. Stay tuned. h e daily continues folks. Project Veritas is at it again, and I gotta say, you know, James and everybody over there, good friends of mine, the whole board, the team um. Obviously can't talk too much about who I know at Project Veritas because that would give away certain things that they're up to. Uh, But just understand that this is an organization that does the work of actual journalism. This is like the Muckrakers, the Upton Sinclairs, if you're familiar with this huge history of people actually going and focusing their journalistic abilities, their talents, and their efforts on those in power. There's something that James said once. He said, journalism isn't repeating what those in power want you to say. It's reporting what they don't want you to say. And that's what James does. And that's what they've done today by going and putting their undercover journalists in one of the biggest pharmaceutical companies in the nation, Pfizer go and listen to this absolutely bombshell revelation from project veritas
3: so your antibodies are probably better at that weight than the vaccination
0: nick carl is an experienced biochemist at pfizer with a history of working in the pharmaceutical industry nick admits to our undercover journalist that those who've had covid have stronger immunity than those who've received the pfizer covid vaccine
3: when somebody is naturally um immune like they got covid um they probably have better like not better but more antibodies against the virus because what the vaccine is is like i said that protein that's just on the outside so it's just one antibody against one specific part of the virus when you actually get the virus, you're gonna start producing antibodies against like multiple pieces of virus. And not only just like the outside portion, like the inside portion of the actual virus. So your antibodies are probably better at that point than
0: the vaccination. But don't take his word for it. Two other Pfizer scientists echo the same sentiment.
1: So I am mean, well protected, yeah. like as much as the vaccine.
3: Probably more. How
1: so? Like how much more?
3: You're protected most likely for longer since it was a natural response. We're like bred and taught to be like, like vaccine is safer than, than actually getting COVID. You cannot like talk about this like, in public if you have
2: antibodies built up like you should be able to prove that you have those built up
3: i mean i still feel like i work for like an evil corporation we're trying to keep track of everyone that's been vaccinated versus the census of how many people are actually reported basically our um, organization is run on COVID money now. You don't talk about anything that can possibly implicate you or like big pharma. Um, like even if you shut the door to the office, it's kind of like, who's listening?
0: No, look, we've talked about this for a long time. And what's, what's interesting to me is watching that clip, I don't think there's anything on there that the people are saying it looks like they're out to dinner or for drinks, there's nothing that these scientists are saying that isn't being said by anyone else who understands basic science, the scientific method, basic human biology, who's having these same discussions around their dinner tables or when they're out to dinner with their friends. Why? Because it's common sense. You understand that the antibodies seem to be, by the way, we also just got on the heels of Project Veritas putting this out. There's a new study that just came out this morning that just dropped talking about Pfizer and the fact that Pfizer's vaccination rates, the efficacy declines rapidly over time. Why is this? You just heard it outlined in the information in this video. But what's more chilling to me And what's, I think, more important, right? Sure, they admit it. Fine. We got it. That's important. Number two, the fact that they are put through indoctrination sessions at their company. Listen to what they said. Where they're informed you are not allowed to talk about any problems. You are not allowed to question the narrative. You are not allowed to publicly speak out against the narrative. This would be against your NDA. Anything that Fauci or Collins, I should say, Former head of the NIH, Collins, would say, cannot be contradicted. Ladies and gentlemen, that's not science. Science is a process. It is a critical process of discovery. It is ever-changing, right? Newton used to rule physics, that entire field, until a guy named Albert Einstein came along. And then he added his physics on top of Newtonian physics. Then we got quantum physics after that. And that is now adding more and more to our understanding of relativity. It is a constant process of change. It is a constant process of discovery. There's no such thing as the science or the data. There is study, there is the next study, and then there are the theories and experiments and research that are conducted after it. But that's not apparently what Pfizer wants to talk about. What they want to talk about is upholding political narratives. This isn't about science. This is about scientism, which is the politicization of science. Our ongoing investigation into the Wuhan lab, the gain-of-function experiments that took place there continues. We now have a new report that came out out of Australia, a group called Internet 2.0, which, from our understanding, has ties to the Australian government, the Australian intelligence agencies. This full report is up at humanevents.com. You guys can go. You can look at it. It's 24 pages, but the, and the crux of it is this. There's a lot of information out there, but what they did was they said, look, a lot of people have been focusing on the public statements of people like Fauci, Dashak, Xi Jong Li, other members of the CCP, other areas of Wuhan. We're going to do something different. It's marvelous what they've done, absolutely brilliant. They went and actually searched procurement orders for the area of Wuhan. And it just tur- so if it happens, it just tur- it turns out that in that area, there's a public database where you can go and look this up. So they go to the public database and what do they type in? You don't even need to know Mandarin. They type in the phrase PCR. We all know about the PCR test. It's been completely ubiquitous since the COVID-19 pandemic hit. However, comma, however, comma, who was ordering PCR tests in the summer of 2019, May of 2019? Now we can understand why a lab or uh, various other laboratories or or institutes uh, of technology would be looking into this. But why, just as a question, very curious, why would you double your number all of a sudden in May of 2019 of, of your normal baseline PCR tests? Now, you could say, oh, well, maybe they had some study they were working on. Maybe there was something happening. Or maybe, just maybe, it was a reaction to something that had occurred. Now, we know from past statements from Pompeo and other intelligence officials that it looks like early fall or even summer of 2019 may have been when the original COVID-19 variant was introduced in Wuhan. We've still never really been able to pinpoint that date. However, what this group has been able to do is go in and find that in May of 2019, The Wuhan lab and other associated entities there in Wuhan started doubling their purchase orders of PCR laboratory equipment. That raises questions. Were they running some kind of experiment, just like they were running an experiment in the Soviet Union in Chernobyl that went awry? Did something happen? Was this a reaction? We need to get to the bottom of it. But I want to point out that there's somebody who talked about this very scenario all the way back in the summer of 2020. Take a listen. Have
2: you seen anything at this point that gives you a high degree of confidence that the Wuhan Institute of Virology was the origin of this virus? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. And I think that the World Health Organization should be ashamed of themselves because they're like the public relations agency for China. And this country pays them almost $500 million a year And China pays them $38 million a year. And uh, whether it's a lot or more, it doesn't matter. It's still, they shouldn't be making excuses when people make horrible mistakes, especially mistakes that are causing hundreds of thousands of people around the world to die. I think the World Health Organization should be ashamed of themselves.
0: Now, again, just like in the past situation when we were talking about natural immunity, which is apparently something we're not supposed to talk about ever, this is a case where everyone who's looking at it in good faith, by the way, in complete good faith is saying, look, there's a laboratory here in Wuhan, China that focuses on respiratory viruses, specifically coronaviruses. Now, when you talk to Collins, the former director Collins, when you talk to Fauci, they'll say, well, we were doing experiments in China because China's where the coronavirus, uh, the SARS epidemic, the MERS epidemic, these other, th- not MERS, but these other uh, pandemics had come out of, we have to look into this. Okay. But that was in Kunming. That's hundreds of miles away. For just, uh, you know, we don't need to do a map break on this, but Kunming to Wuhan is as far as New York to New Orleans. A bat is not going to fly all that way. And if they are, you're going to see pockets of populations, villages, towns, cities, or travelers of people being infected along the route. The more simple explanation is that there is a coronavirus center in Wuhan, and it is that lab. And the more we dig on this, the more information comes out, the more questions are raised, and the more evidence piles up around that lab. Stay tuned. H.E. Daily continues. Really good segment coming up. So we have to talk about this new Facebook whistleblower, Frances Haugen, right? And, of course, she comes out and you know, she's treated very differently than any of the Project Veritas whistleblowers. Uh, those ones are, we're told not to listen to, don't pay attention to anything that uh, comes out of someone who's talking to James O'Keefe. But Frances Haugen, suddenly it's, oh, she's, she's on 60 Minutes. Now, here she is in front of the Senate. The very next day, people are asking, what is going on? And I want to explain this for people because I saw this a mile away. I said, something about this whistleblower seems a little bit off to me. It reminds me a lot of Alexander Vinman. excuse me, excuse me, Colonel Vinman, Colonel Vinman, right, the chow fiend. And so I want to play this clip from the 60 Minutes interview that she did, a package, to really drive home the point, because I think this is the way on, this is the specific spot where it gave up the game. Take a listen. Frances Haugen told us she was recruited by
2: Facebook in 2019. She says she agreed to take the job only if she could work against misinformation because she had lost a friend to online conspiracy theories.
1: I never wanted anyone to feel the pain that I had felt, and I had seen how high the stakes were in terms of making sure there was high-quality information on Facebook.
2: At headquarters, she was assigned to Civic Integrity, which worked on risks to elections including misinformation. But after this past election, there was a turning point.
1: They told us, we're dissolving civic integrity. Like, they basically said, oh good, we, we made it through the election. There wasn't riots. We can get rid of civic integrity now. Fast forward a couple of months, we got the insurrection. And when they got rid of civic integrity, it was the moment where I was like, I don't trust that they're willing to actually invest what needs to be invested to keep Facebook from being dangerous.
2: Facebook says the work of civic integrity was distributed to
0: other units. Now, even before We started to do our research on Ms. Haugen, from that very clip, I started asking myself, it sort of seems like this whistleblower isn't someone who's exposing nefarious deeds of the company. It sounds like she's pursuing political ends and advocating for government censorship of Facebook. You know, typically a whistleblower goes against The prevailing ideology of an institution to expose something that's going on, not someone who comes out and says, well, the problem with Facebook is that they're not censoring enough. They're not doing enough of this censorship. And so then we started looking into it. The National Pulse came out with a huge investigation of her political leanings, her political donations, specifically 100%, you guessed it, Democrats, of course, AOC involved. We also now have from the Free Beacon, A top Democrat operative is advising the Facebook whistleblower, Francis Haugen. Who is that? Bill Burton. Bill Burton was the deputy press secretary in the Obama administration. Folks, understand. This whistleblower is out here to push a narrative, to feed a narrative. She is not someone who's exposing malfeasance. This is yet again a political actor using her former position to advocate For Something that the industry wants of course they want censorship. Of course they want regulation not of their businesses They want regulation of you and what you're allowed to say and your freedom of speech that they want off the table now It's completely unconstitutional But she's gonna go up in front of the Senate and talk about breaking the First Amendment because of Dangerous misinformation. Yeah, okay. We see what's going on here. We see the psyop A mile away that's all the time we have today for human events daily thank you so much for watching for subscribing get this out to everyone you can be the influence agent subscribe share it with your normie friends we are now back up to number two in politics but before we go I'd like to do today's moment of history today is the four-year anniversary not of the Las Vegas shooting The greatest mass shooting in American history still hasn't been explained why Stephen Paddock did all that. Today is the four year anniversary of when the New York Times and the Washington Post came out and said that officials have found no narrative, no motive, we have no idea why this guy would do this. We have no clue. I think America deserves answers as to why Stephen Paddock did that. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.